Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power Up Podcast, entitled Lead It or Leave It, with your host, church consultant and leadership coach, Chanel Ramsey. So we're going to jump into this good, good, good stuff as we talk about evaluating as the year comes to a close. Let me know that you can hear me. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you're ready to begin. I'm ready to begin. I've been thinking about this all day and all really basically since yesterday, just trying to prepare and say, okay, what can I share this week that um, will help people along the way? And um, there's always some good stuff that I come across. So right before I get started, um, I want to show you this new book that I'm reading. I don't know if you can see it, The Secret. It's called The Secret. Um, what Great Leaders Know and Do is by Ken Blanchard and Mark Miller. Okay, these are best-selling authors on leadership. This is my new book, and it's really terrific. I encourage you all to grab this book. I'm already on the sixth chapter, and it is amazing. So many great stuff is in there, and I'm actually going to quote from this book today because it's kind of like how I want to start <laughs> because this topic, this quote that I read in this book just sent me into a leadership frenzy. <laughs> and um, hey, Paula, thank you for joining me. Um, and so I read this quote in this book and it just took, it just put me in a leadership frenzy and I'm going to tie it into evaluation. And so let's just kind of get started. Um, thank you guys again. Jamila's on. Thank you guys again for joining me today as we go into this topic of evaluating for better. And so like I've been saying, for those of you who don't know me, those of you who do, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Chanel Ramsey. I'm a leadership coach. I'm also the CEO and founder of Power Up Urban Leadership Network. Um, and in that network, we um, are the conduit and the catalyst for empowerment for urban leaders in the areas of life and leadership. So our, our heartbeat is to see healthy leaders and healthy ministries. And so um, we want to give you whatever tools necessary um, that you need in order to fulfill your God-given destiny, your God-given assignment. Um, one thing that I've learned and I'm just going to take a few minutes to say this because I feel that it helps to put our conversations that we have on Tuesdays around two um, into context. And one thing that I've seen over the years is that really and truly, um, in my experience, the church is the only place that um, puts people in positions without training. Um, I, I don't see that. You know, you go to, to a job, they're going to give you on-the-job training or they're going to send you somewhere to get training so that you can be equipped for the job at hand. And so many times we um, just kind of leave it up to the spiritual to get equipped and we don't do the practical steps and the practical tools necessary to equip people so that they can serve, not just well serve, but serve well, um, to be effective, right? Because we don't want to just be in ministry. We want to be effective at ministry. Um, it, it's nothing like, um, the difference between an amateur cook and a chef, right? You know, you, you, you just trying in the kitchen, you putting stuff together, you know, you don't really know all your flavor palettes like that. You just, you know, throwing a little bit of this and a little bit of that mimicking people that you saw cook your grandmama and all of them. And then you put it together and then people taste it like, okay, we could tell you trying, you just started. All right. But if you go to a five star, four star restaurant and you sit down and the chef comes out to greet you, when you taste that food, you know, okay, wait, mm -mm, so 
somebody experienced have done this. And so, so many times in ministry, you know, we taste what you do um, and it's it's all right. It's okay. You know, it's, it's good. We can tell you just starting out. Um, but if we're 10 years into it and you still, it's still the same and there's no growth and there's no effectiveness and you haven't increased your capacity as a leader, um, then, then it's time for us to take a step back and reevaluate not the call necessarily, but reevaluate whether or not we are equipped to do what we're doing. And so many times as leaders, we run into frustration because we have a heart to do it. We just don't have the tools to, um, or we have a heart to do it, but we don't have the support to do it. Um, and so uh, my assignment, my assignment, what the Lord has given me to do is to help bridge that gap between when you are called and when you begin to serve and how you serve um, and to really fill that empowerment gap because that's what it is. It's an empowerment gap. And so people become frustrated when all you need to do is get empowered. Um, I always say this every week. You guys hear me say this, that leadership is a learning journey and it's never meant to be done alone. We have to do it together. So I'm by no means a leadership expert. However, there's some things I learned along the way that I want to share with you that's going to help you possibly, hopefully, um, and, and it'll just give me a platform to share. You might be able to take something today and add it to your leadership arsenal, add it to your leadership toolkit, and then share it with somebody else later on. Uh, maybe it's not for you, but it's for somebody you know. And so right now on, on the, the screen, you actually can subscribe or you can um, share this with um, people and let them know that you're on with Leadership Coach Chanel Ramsey, and we're about to jump into this topic about evaluation. So take some time time to do that. Let people know that you're on, share it. It's going to get better and better and better. And so we've been talking about evaluating, right? We've been talking about that. Why? Because I really feel impressed upon by the Lord that these last two months, as we come out of October, it used to be three months we were saying, but these last two months, it's a strategic time for evaluation and for preparation. Okay. And so it's a strategic time for us to look at what we're doing, how well are we doing it, and what can we do differently. And so we've been going over some 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 tips about evaluating, um, and we talked about how experience isn't the best teacher, but evaluated experience is the best teacher. And when you begin to evaluate your experience, you can then extract the value from those experiences. Because wisdom seeks out clarity, but evaluated experience delivers it, right? So wisdom seeks seeks out clarity. It's your heart. Okay. I want, I want to understand, but when you begin to evaluate those experiences, you then will find the clarity that you are seeking. And so, um, there's something that I, I, I've been meditating on because I know that evaluation is not fun. It's not like a fun topic. It's not like, you know, your brainstorming session where you're preparing, you're planning, and you're getting everybody all excited and passionate about it. Um, but it's, it's, not a, it's not always a great topic. It's not really something that leaders look forward to, especially evaluating their staff, evaluating them, themselves. Um, but I, I want to give you some tips because in order to take an effective step forward, sometimes it requires that you take a step back. And one of the things I've been sharing each week as we've been talking about evaluation is the fact that when you evaluate, you're able to find your blind spots. You're, you're able to find those areas where things are falling through the cracks, right? You're able to find those areas. Why? Um, because it's important that when you find those areas, you can now prepare and fix them. You can repair them um, and know how to move forward effectively. Uh, but in order to really 
be good at evaluating or to participate in this evaluation process. Why? Because there's something that the Lord has for you that he is going to bring into your possession, but you got to be a good steward over it. Okay, so evaluating helps you to see, am I stewarding what God gave me properly? Am I stewarding what he gave me uh, um, and bringing it to its next level? Um, how are we doing? Um, so many times we, you know, we, we have events, we do great things, but we never debrief. And I talked about last week how, you know, if God shows up at an event, we don't even, we don't even feel like there's a need to debrief. Like his presence was the seal of approval. So because he was there, we don't need to talk about what went wrong. We, we don't need to talk about that. And so many times we set up events and, and we become an event driven ministry and we have all of these events, but we never set goals for those events. So we don't have any um, thing to e measure our evaluation by because there were no goals when we first set out. Um, you need to set goals, smart goals around what you are choosing to accomplish. Why? Because you can't celebrate a win you don't even know you had, Right identify the win. What is the win for our church? What is the win? W-I-N. What is the win for our ministry? What is the win for this event? How do we know? A win is something that um, determines you got it right, right? It's, it's that thing that you look at and say, hey, we nailed it. We hit it right on the head. This was great. We accomplished something. And so, when you create those wins and you create um, that 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 understanding, then you have something to evaluate things by. Anything worth doing is also worth evaluating, right? If you if it's worth you doing it, then it's worth you evaluating it because you can expect more from people when you inspect more, right? I-N-S-P-E-C-T. When we begin to inspect, when we begin to evaluate and have those conversations. And so last week we talked about a few things that you should include in those evaluation conversations where you're not having a meeting per se, but you can ask certain questions in your conversation and relationships with people that can give you an understanding of where they are and what they're facing. And so um, I, I talked about it last week. So if you didn't get those questions, go back, get those questions then. Um, but one point I wanted to bring out was that successful leaders address and correct problems without creating a negative environment. Right. So when we start talking about evaluating, right, we start talking about going into that type of evaluation environment. How can you address and correct issues without creating a negative environment? What would you need to do in order to do that? Hey, Paul. Hey, Kim. Thanks for joining me. So that, those are some of the things that we were talking about last week because evaluation is not fun. It's not fun. And so I'm going to go back to some of the things that um, I talked about a little bit last week because I realized, <laughs> I realized this, that we need to go back to what makes us uncomfortable being evaluated, right? Because evaluation is not a fun process. <laughs> it doesn't feel comfortable. And so we talked about last week creating a culture that invites feedback right a culture that invites feedback and some and we talked about how sometimes we are creating a culture that works against an evaluation culture we're creating a culture that's working against the results that we want to see and so i'm going to give you i'm going to hit you with a good question today that's going to help you um to begin 
setting the tone within yourself for the environment where you can evaluate. Um, there's so many times that leaders don't um, want to be evaluated. Leaders themselves don't want to be evaluated um, because it's uncomfortable. All evaluation is not um, comfortable. And sometimes I know it can get personal, right? Sometimes people that want to evaluate you are not for you. They are not, um, they're, they're not the ones that's rooting you on. They're not the ones supporting and cheering you on. And so sometimes you can get caught up in the vessel by which it comes and you can miss the opportunity to grow. And so my challenge to you as leaders is to push past your pride, um, push past that um, and hear the truth. Hear the truth of what people are saying. Your critics can be your best customers. Why? Because in every criticism, you can find a kernel of truth, right? So if someone, even if they're not for you and they're trying to come at you and they're trying to say things, don't get caught up on how they're saying it and who it's coming from. Give, give yourself the, the permission to be a listener and say, okay, I'm just going to listen and then let me filter through. Let me filter through. Okay, that's gold. I can take that. I can apply that. I can make myself better. Um, because sometimes the package it comes in is not always fun. And so when we start thinking about um, evaluation, sometimes as leaders, we don't like to be evaluated. That's why I always say start with yourself. Before you start to evaluate your team and start to evaluate the people you work with and that serve under you, you need to start to evaluate yourself. How are you doing as a leader? How are you doing as a leader? Um, because when you start to look at, oh my, when you start to look at some of the things that you see in the, the staff that you serve, sometimes we want to point the finger at their performance, not realizing that it's directly connected to us. It's directly connected to something that we're doing or not doing. Um, and sometimes we try to fix people before we start to take inventory of ourselves. And so when we start talking about evaluation, hey Francis, hey Vaughn, thank you for joining me. Um, when we start to take inventory of ourselves, because see, inviting feedback and creating a culture of evaluation inside of an organization, it has to first begin with you. You have to model it. And sometimes we, we like to wear our cape and be the superhero and we put out every fire and we rescue every soul and, 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 and we fix every problem there is. So we don't like to be vulnerable to people's opinion of who we are and what we do. And so what we do is we shut the door. We say, I want to evaluate you, but I don't want you to evaluate me. And what happens is you create this illusion of excellence. You create this illusion of perfection as if you know everything. And so you put being right or, or you put being right over being credible because when people know that you're doing something wrong, but they never see you admit to doing something wrong, then you lose credibility with people. You lose credibility as a leader. And so what happens is you might want to evaluate them, but you have to be the example of the culture you want to see. So start with you asking people to evaluate you, questions that you can use, right? So, and I started thinking about this. Why is this a problem? Why is this a challenge for us, right? Because we so quick to point at, oh, well, my team is not doing this, or they're not passionate, or they don't seem excited, or they, you know, they, they let stuff fall through the cracks, and they're dropping the ball, and, and it's them, 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 but is it you, you, you? 
Okay. And so, and again, this is not always easy to confront. It's not always easy to confront. I remember there was a day I was not teachable. I was not teachable. And so I'm going to tell you about my, my pep talk, right? That I have to give myself to get me through those, uh, uncomfortable feedback moments with people that I serve. Okay. As a leader, these are people that I serve because I wasn't always teachable. I found myself so burnt out, um, serving in ministry, giving my all, doing everything that I needed, that I thought I needed to do. Um, I was the 80-20. I was doing 80% of the work and the, the staff was doing 20%. I was the one the late nights. I was the one doing all of this. And I'm not saying that to glorify any of those things. I'm trying to show you the pattern of imbalance that caused me to burn out. And in my burnout, I was, I lacked the um, ability to see myself. I lacked the ability to see where I was losing, where I was missing the mark. And so what happened was I kept pointing my finger at them saying, well, if they do better, if they change, if this changes, if, if the pastor does this and if the youth leaders do that and if they do, no, no, there was something about my leadership that was actually um, undergirding the, the ineffectiveness of the team. There was something about my leadership that was actually um, it was it was helping grow the thing I hated. My God. So I'm just trying to tell y'all what's real because um, you have to be so careful. And so the, I had to humble myself and be the example of the environment that I wanted to create in the organization. So if I wanted feedback, I couldn't be afraid of it because feedback and, and, and evaluations, they can be uncomfortable. They can be uncomfortable. Sometimes people can misread you and they can misunderstand you um, in, in your moments um, and then they can misjudge you. Yeah, this is all possible so that their feedback is tainted, if you will. It, it's not, it, it doesn't really speak to the truth of who you are. Granted, they can just catch you at a bad moment and then label you like that for the rest of your leadership career. However, it doesn't take away the necessity to have evaluations and to have and invite feedback into your life. And so what happens is it makes you a better person. So I'm going to tell you about my pep talk that I give myself before I start asking for feedback, right? So this is what I do to digest feedback. This is what I do to digest the evaluations. I start with Chanel, you're not perfect. This is what I say. I have to say it out my mouth. I look in the mirror and I say, Chanel, you're not perfect. This for perfectionist, this is a hard thing, right? This is a challenging statement to make because it will then pull you into a place of anxiety. It can pull you into a place of uncomfortability, but I have to start with this. Chanel, you are not perfect. The next thing I tell myself, Chanel, you're still growing. You're still growing. There's always room for improvement. These are the things that I tell myself as I prepare for uh, feedback and I prepare for evaluation. Chanel, you're not perfect. You're still growing. There's always room for improvement. So I pull down all of my defenses that will try to fight on my behalf because they said something I didn't like. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable when you start asking people to give you feedback on what they thought about your sermon and what they thought about your leadership and what they think about how you lead the church and you lead your youth ministry and you lead your choir. It's going to get uncomfortable. But do you want to be seen as great or do you really want to be great? 
right? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Do you just want to be seen as great or do you really want to be great? I quoted today earlier on Facebook and I, and I don't know how many of you all saw it, but I said great leaders are not made in a moment, but a moment can reveal their greatness. You have to choose whether or not what you're going to do with that moment. You have to choose whether or not you want to be great or you want to just be seen as being great. To be great means you need to be developed. There's some cutting. There's some pruning. There's some, there's some uncomfortability that you have to go through in order to be that, that person. And, and it wasn't easy, especially being the youngest, asking an adult who already thought you shouldn't be doing what you were doing anyway and that somebody else should be in charge. Okay, there are all these different challenges. You can make up all these excuses in your mind about why you should not invite feedback or have someone evaluate you. But at the end of the day, do you want to be great? Do you want to be great? And so these are the things that you do. One of the things that I, I found that helps you digest feedback and helps you digest evaluations is when you invite it right invite the the feedback when you go to people that you know and respect and you ask them okay tell me how did i do what did you think about my sermon or what could i've done differently uh, you ask you invite evaluation you invite feedback it helps you to digest it a little better but let me tell you this just being real when you get feedback and when you get evaluated it stings it hurts a little especially when it's something that you love and you're passionate about or you took a long time doing <laughs> you know it's like that dinner you make were you slaving in the kitchen and you doing all of this stuff? And, um, oh, someone asked a question. Do you ask people to give us feedback? I'm going to talk about that. You slaving in the kitchen and you, you know, spent five hours cooking. You on your feet. You all got flour everywhere on you. You got your apron on. You're sweating. You know how we do in the kitchen. Then you put the meal before your husband or you put the meal before your family and they eat it. Don't even say thank you. Don't even, you know, it, you, you're like, wait a minute. Um, I feel some kind of way because, you know, I put my heart and soul into this. And so sometimes when you invite feedback to things that you put your heart and soul into, it stings a little bit. Their feedback is not always going to make you cheery, right? And if it always does, then you asking the wrong people. <laughs> All right. People need to be able to point out a blind spot, something you missed, something you could have did better. And people always cheering you on and they never give you anything that helps you grow. You're asking the wrong people. Do you want to be great or do you just want to be seen as great? So you should have people that you can ask feedback to. We talked about Jesus in the scripture in, in Mark chapter 9. We talked about Jesus last week um, about how the disciples came to, um, they came to a boy and then they tried to cast out the devil and it did not happen. <laughs> they tried to cast out a demon. It did not happen. What did they do? They went to Jesus and they said, uh-uh, we need some feedback. You need to evaluate us. Something ain't working. Something you gave us ain't working or we ain't doing it right. Something is wrong. They went to Jesus and said, evaluate us, evaluate us. And so they, and Jesus gave them feedback and he told them exactly what it is. He said, this kind come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. What you want to do requires another level of consecration. There's sometimes when people are going to tell you what you want to do requires another level of a degree. It requires another level of sacrifice. It requires you to do something differently. And so you got to be open to that kind of feedback. Yeah. You think it didn't cut those disciples down to size? Like what? Oh, this been working this whole time. And now you, okay. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel comfortable. It didn't feel comfortable, we, but we don't want the illusion of excellence, 
right? When you have an event, we talked about two weeks ago about the vision wheel, right? The vision wheel that I showed you guys and I had offered to send it to you. But you, after you have done your event, you have your vision, you have your strategy, your implementation, you have to now review it. You have to evaluate it. Did it work? Did we accomplish the goals we wanted to accomplish? God showing up is not enough. His mercy will do that. His grace will provide that. But that doesn't mean he approves of your systems. It doesn't mean that you stewarded what he gave you well. It doesn't mean you pleased him. Even in your sermon, there are times where I ministered and I would go back to my seat and I could feel that it was undone. I could feel like, wait, I didn't, I didn't finish. I didn't say everything he told me to say, or I, I missed the turn in the spirit, or I missed the shift. He wanted to go another way, but I missed it. You got to know that's, that's it. Go back to him and say, okay, father, where did I miss it? What's, what's happening? I need to evaluate this. Let me go back so I can evaluate so I can move forward. So you should invite evaluation. Even at work, you should invite evaluation on your jobs, wherever you are. And again, if you invite it in, sometimes it doesn't seem as bad as when people just offer you their own opinion. <laughs> right? And so here's, I told you guys about my pep talk that I give myself. Chanel, you're not perfect. You're still growing. There's always room for improvement. That helps me to bring the walls down not be defensive and say, okay, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm ready now. So I go and I ask for feedback. Now, here's the one question I want to leave you with, and then I'm done. Here's the one question. Hey, Jasmine, um, Jenny. Hey, Bianca's on. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you're getting something out of this talk. Pastor Fred, welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, we're talking about evaluating, evaluating 2016 so we can jumpstart 2017. So um, here's the question that I want you to ask. This is the question I want you to ask. When you are inviting evaluation, when you're inviting feedback in, I want you to ask the people that you serve, that's on your team, that's in your church, that um, works alongside of you. If you were me, what would you do differently? If you were me, what would you do differently? Okay, that's a question that you can ask the people that you serve, or you can ask people that you admire. If you were me, what would you do differently? What would you do differently about my sermon? What would you do differently about how I lead the team or how I plan that event? What would you do differently? And then listen, listening, listening is a skill. It needs to be developed. Sometimes we have this listening ability where we're listening, but we're already preparing what we're going to respond. Sometimes, especially if you want to absorb what they are saying, you need to just listen. Just listen. Okay, so ask them, if you were me, what would you do differently? And that's going to help you to get some valuable feedback and extract the value from that experience. Okay, so that's all I wanted to say today. Check me out. Check out the last couple of weeks we've been talking about this topic of evaluation. Again, I feel so strongly and impressed upon my heart to talk about this because I believe that these next two months are most critical for us as we lead into 2017. I don't know about you, but I've already shifted. I feel my spirit is already in 2017, but we have to now power plan um, for 2017. But we shouldn't start planning until we first have evaluated have evaluated so um give me some thumbs up if you got this if if something um touched you if you um if you got something out of it if um you were blessed by the content today you're welcome francis you're welcome hey jasmine thank you for joining me um let me know that something we talked about blessed you 
one thing I ask everyone to do, um, and that's my quiz, and that is I want you to tell me what stuck. Like, what did you hear that really stuck with you? And then what did you hear that's sticking? Something that you're still meditating on. It has to kind of, you know, begin to sit sit with you. Um, but again, if you want to see evaluation, um, the culture of evaluation, the culture of feedback emerge in your church or in your organization, it has to first begin with you. So don't be afraid of it. Push your pride aside. Push the feeling of having to look like you've never been wrong. Um, push away the unspoken pressure to always be right. You know that there's some unspoken pressures that leaders are under. Um, and um, begin to evaluate yourself and then get people to evaluate them evaluate themselves and you have people evaluate you and you're going to begin to see the change start to happen in your culture all right so i've said enough here's some great things that's coming up with power up that i want you to be aware of um and i want to see you there i want to see you there if you are a ministry leader we have something that we're super excited about um and that is the power up ministry leader mixer it's on saturday november 26 at 6 p.m um, and it's on 20 Grand Avenue. There's more details about it. It's more details about it. Uh, yeah, it's more details about it on Facebook. So you can um, check it out there. There's an event for it. You just look it up, Power Up Mixer. Um, and it, we're going to have fun. We're going to have networking opportunities where you get to meet other leaders. And then we're also going to have some games. And I'm going to tell you. When games come out with the Power Up crews around, it, it, it just gets real. It gets real. So we're going to have some fun. And as leaders, we need to have that balance. Everything can't be a church service. Come on now. We need to have balance. We need, so I want to see you there. Um, tell everybody at the church you're busy on that day. And you you come. You come and have some fun. Meet, meet me. I want to meet you. I know y'all on here. I don't know everybody on here. But um, come, come, come. If you are active in leadership. If you're active in leadership, um, I want to see you there for the Power Up Mixer. And then also a special offer. It's a limited time offer. We're offering to churches free of charge a end-of-the-year empowerment workshop. where we're, I'm willing to come to your church and help you evaluate 2016 and power plan for 2017. I want to be your trusted, confidential thinker. I want to help you sort through everything that you you guys have been through for 2016 and start to begin the plan for 2017 this is a special offer there were um there are only four slots left um so if you're interested in that you need to inbox me and say hey i would like for you to come to my church and help us do the evaluation and be, begin to prepare for 2017 it's a two-hour workshop um, and so if you're interested, again, you can expect more from people when you inspect more of people. And so um, if you want to start to shift things for 2017 and you don't want to cross over, you want to kind of fix some things before you cross over, then I encourage you to join me or have me join you, really, um, by inviting me to your church to do the end of the year empowerment workshop. So if you're interested in that, you can inbox me and I will get back to you on the information about how you can make that happen. So this has been real. Um, I, I, I see there's some questions here. If you have any questions for me, I'll take five minutes to answer those questions. Um, I like what you said. Wow. Yeah, trying to do it all only to experience the burnout. Yeah, yeah. People, I, I, I did a work, I did a workshop on balance um, at the leadership retreat that we do. And then I also, I talked about balance a little bit here on the, on the Facebook Live, but balance is important. There's power in no. 
There really is. And sometimes we got church bullies that'll try to make us um try to make us feel bad for saying no and try to manipulate people into to saying yes, but but you got to know. You got to know. See, uh, there are a lot of times we do what people ask, not what God said. So you got to look at what's on your plate and say, is what's on my plate a part of my purpose? Is what's on my plate God ordained for me or did I just say yes to something? And so if you get caught up, if you get caught up in doing good things, but not the God thing, then you're going to find yourself in a very vicarious position because when God calls you to do a thing, he graces you for it. And the grace of God is the capacity to get it done with an ease. It's a capacity to get it done under a supernatural ability. And so when you are not yielded, Paul said this in Ephesians 3, he says, by the grace of God, I'm a minister. In other words, he wasn't depending on his own capacity to fulfill that assignment. So many times we undergo assignments that are not um, uh, given to us by God. Um, and in our heart is right. Your heart is right. You, you really want to help. But in your helpfulness, you've missed purpose. In your helpfulness, you've missed God. And so you can't say yes to the God thing because you've already said yes to the good thing. And so it, it's important that you you pull back. And that's what the evaluation is all about. You can evaluate your own personal life. You can evaluate what you do in ministry. Did God tell me to do this or am I just doing this? Right? How did I get here? How did I get here? That's all a part of evaluating. How did I get here? And so... um. If y'all, you know, I can keep talking about this because I really believe in this. There's power in no. There's power in no. And, and like I tell people, don't just say no. Say no and give people options. No, I can't do it, but such and such down there might be able to help you. No, I can't do it, but here's a resource. No, I can't do it, um, but but here's here's a link to, to some, some free resource you can do, you can look at. Um, so, you know, that that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I did not start preaching. I'm just, I'm just telling the truth because there's power and no, there's power and no. And if we learn how to say no to the good things, then we can say yes to the God things because there's something that God wants us to do and we need to be free and available to do it. I'm going to leave you guys with this quote and I'm going to try not to go on a tangent about it. I'm going to try not to remember the book, remember the book, the secret uh, what Great Leaders uh, Know and Do. This is my book for the month that I'm reading. Um, I am on um, chapter six or so, and it, and it is amazing. Now, I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to read this quote to y'all. And then I'm going to go on a leadership tangent for a minute. And then I'm going to turn this thing off because this, this gets so good to me. This right here gets so many good, so good to me. So many people hold positions that they are not called for. Sis... That's the truth. That's the truth. And you know what happens? Let me, let me pause and say this right here. So you know what happens is people are put in positions because of a need. And if they see you not doing nothing, then they're going to ask you to do it. But they don't even know whether or not you call to it. They don't know whether or not you call to it. So that's why you got to know God for yourself. You got to hear God for yourself. And I don't care what person, what, what title asks you to do something. You know, there's a submission, right? You submit to, to your leadership. But then there's also, hey, there's a way to have a conversation where you explain, I'm, I'm not hearing God say that. So I just need clarity. You need to help me understand why you think I should be doing this? 
I need you to help help connect me. Because sometimes they can see in you a capacity that you can't see in yourself. That's a part of a great leader. They'd be able to see in you some of the, the, the greatness of who you are that you have not yet seen. However, there are sometimes in ministries, especially smaller ministries, um, where they'll put people in places just because they have a need. Like, oh, you're not doing nothing. We're going to put you over to youth. They don't even like kids. <laughs> They're not passionate about it at all. That's not their calling. And you start to see it manifest in their behaviors because the place that they're in doesn't match their values. Whole nother story. Whole nother story. Okay, here's a quote because I got to go because, you know, we started late and stuff. So I, I got to go. Here's a quote. A person can serve without leading, but a leader can't lead without serving. I'm going to say this again. This thing is so good to me. A person can serve without leading, but a leader can't lead well without serving. Now, I'm going to say this because I'm going to flip this on, on a lot of y'all. I'm going to flip this on a lot of y'all and don't get mad. Because when we read this, we always like to jump to the part where if you're going to be a leader, you need to know how to serve. If you're going to be a leader, then you got to, a leader means that you're a servant. We always jump to that part because we're, we're so afraid of people being in leadership that are arrogant. We're so afraid of people being in leadership. Granted, that does happen. But people are in leadership and, um, we, you know, they, they don't realize Yes, they don't realize they're in leadership, but they don't realize, hey, you know, that leadership really does mean to serve. That's why I always use the phrase, not people that serve you, but people you serve. And I'm talking about those those that serve under you. Um, and so um, this 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 quote is so powerful. Hey, welcome, Nicole, Geneva, Shalimar. Oh, my goodness. You guys are coming on and I'm trying to get off. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say this one because this thing right here, bless my heart. I'm going to read this quote to y'all one more time. Hey, Bramel, one more time. Now, make sure y'all subscribe so y'all know when I come on or it's some kind of thing where you can be alerted when I start doing a live stream. This is a quote. I want to leave this with you. A person can serve without leading, but a leader can't lead well without serving. And so we get caught up on the point of making sure leaders understand that they're servants. But how about you got a whole bunch of people with leadership titles that only know how to serve. They don't know how to lead. So I'm going to say this right here because I see this all too much. All too much. Just because you're in a, you have a leadership position does not mean you have been trained to lead. We have a lot of great servants. We got a lot of great people that serve. They serve well. They really do. They get their whole heart into it. They serve well. They are there every week. They give, they give, they pull out, honey. They do it. They do it the best. They do it the best. I mean, they serve from their heart and they got a leadership title, but they only know how to serve. They don't know how to lead. And so we have a lot of teams in our churches I'm so, I'm so passionate about this because I, I really believe this thing. I see this so much. We have a lot of people on our teams that have a leadership position, but they have no idea what it means to lead that team. So they know how to serve. They know how to show up and do the thing, but they don't know how to lead that team into the future. They don't know how to lead that team into new places of improvement. They don't know how to lead that team into better and bigger. They don't know how to lead that team into a place because what you will realize is that leading has to do with serving just as much as it has to do with skill. And so sometimes we get caught up on the character, like, oh, they have the character, so they're great servants, but they don't have the, the leadership development they need to to be the leader.
They have the great servants. They're great at what they do, but they don't know how to lead a team to the glory. They don't know how to lead a team to the promise. You have to be more than just a great servant in order to lead in the kingdom. That's where you start at. Everybody knows leadership 101. You got to know how to serve. But after that, after that, there has to be a leadership development where now you know how to lead your team. You have to be able to lead people to victory. And so I, I, I love that quote because I, I just felt like we just get so caught up on just making sure, you know, people know, you know, if you're going to lead, you got to be humble. You got to be a servant. But we never teach them how to lead. They humble, all right. But they don't know how to communicate with the people on their team. They humble. They don't know how to create a system. They're humbled. They, oh, yes, they are humble. They will serve. They will do what's right, but they haven't been developed to walk in their purpose and leadership. And we do them a disservice by putting good people in, in, in places of leadership and, and they haven't been developed to lead. And so that's my rant for today. That's my, my, that's my leadership rant for today. But remember what I was saying about evaluation, right? When you evaluate, you're able to extract the value from your experience because experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. And if you want to start to see growth and start to see change, invite evaluation, invite feedback into your life like the disciples did in Mark chapter 9 when they went to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast this devil out? They invited feedback. And so I told you guys about my pep talk that I give myself when I start to invite feedback. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Even your critics can be your best customers. Don't be afraid of feedback. So that's it for today. Don't forget, I'm offering the Power Up End of the Year workshop to your church. Um, bless you, Pastor John is on. Nasima is on. Um, Abraham is on. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm about to jump off of this thing, but we had such a good time. I'm telling you, listen, listen, listen to this good stuff. Share it with somebody that you know need it. Add these tips, these tools, this information to your leadership arsenal. You never know when you're going to need it. Why? Because great leaders aren't made in a moment, but it will take a moment to reveal the greatness of who you are. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Don't forget Power Up Mixer, Saturday, November 26th, the Power Up End of the Year Workshop I'm offering free to churches to help you evaluate. Thank you again for joining us on the Power Up Podcast Lead it or leave it with your host, Chanel Ramsey, where we seek to inspire and empower today's leaders. For more information about Power Up, we invite you to visit us at powerupnetwork.org, or you can reach us by email at info at powerupnetwork.org. Feel free to subscribe, go on social media, like our page, and follow us. Till next week, be inspired.